0: This is the Persistence of Christian Memory podcast, episode number twenty-six, with Vince Darty and Bruce Darty. Good evening, Vince. We also have a special guest with us this evening. It is my wife, Tiffany, and uh, we'll be uh, introducing a little bit of what her role is going to be tonight.
1: Hello.
2: Hey, Tiffany. <laughs> The contribution of women has uh, been a neglected area in restoration studies, Uh, but the contributions of women should not be minimized or ignored. And uh, certainly we do not want to fall into the idea that uh, women have no contributions to make in our understanding of our Christianity and uh, the advancement of Christianity. sometimes we tend to focus when we talk about women's and the women role and things like this of things women cannot do but tonight we're going to look at the story of one woman and what she did for the cause of christ and that is uh, to examine the story of sarah andrews and uh, as we look at this her biography tonight and Uh, share some things from her life. I hope it uh, can give us a vision of uh, the, again, the service that uh, each one can do as we serve God. Uh, She dreamed as a young girl of going to a missionary to Japan and through many hardships, she fulfilled that dream. Sarah Andrews was born in Dixon, Tennessee. Her mother was a devout Christian and had often told her daughter of the work of J.M. McCaleb, a pioneer missionary to Japan. And we've talked about Brother McCaleb and his work in uh, in one of our other podcasts. But the influence of uh, McCaleb was felt in many ways. And one of the ways in which that was felt and the legacy that McCaleb had was He inspired a young girl to dream of that faraway country called Japan and to dream of sharing the story of Jesus to the Japanese people. Sarah Andrews was baptized at age 14 by Ivy Bradley in 1906. And she wrote to J.M. McCaleb sharing her dream of coming to Japan and helping the work. McCaleb, perhaps not realizing the seriousness of uh, this young girl who wrote to him in far off America, He encouraged the young girl to attend school and receive training that would help her to come to Japan. Sarah Andrews graduated from the local college, Dixon College, with a certificate in teaching. And then she also took additional classes at the State College in Memphis and at David Lipscomb College in Nashville. At age 22, feeling prepared, she wrote to McCaleb.
1: I'm ready for you to (laughs) announce in the papers that I wish to go to Japan this fall.
2: McCaleb endorsed her to the Christian leader readers.
0: It seems to me that the arrangement indicated is just as the Lord would have had it in every respect. Our sister, commended, sent forward into the foreign field, and supported by the church where she has been born and brought up. Along with McCaleb's endorsement, the Christian leader also carried a recommendation by our preacher, I.B. Bradley she is enthusiastic over the prospects of going to japan and to the work i think she is dependable and will make an earnest zealous worker i have been interested in her for 10 years ever since i've been with the church at dixon i baptized her and have watched her developed and noted with delight her zeal and earnestness as well as her loyalty to the lord's revealed will and way
2: Sarah realized that some people might question what type of work a single woman could accomplish in Japan, and she wrote in The Christian Leader.
1: We'll say at the outset that I expect, with God's help, to continue to remain within the bounds of woman's realm as clearly taught in the New Testament.
2: She continued, describing the work that she envisioned among Japanese women and children.
1: If God permit, I expect to care for the sick, give to the poor, help the heavy laden, weary and oppressed, teach in the school if Brother McCaleb desires, in fact, do anything by which some may come to the knowledge of the truth. Is there a better way of teaching humanity than by becoming a servant to all? True happiness comes from helping others. In Japan alone, there are 40 millions who have never heard of Christ as the savior of mankind. Hence, there is plenty of work to be accomplished. In many respects, woman's place in the church cannot be filled by a man.
2: Though her funds for support were slow in coming, on Christmas Day, 1915, Sarah began to realize her dream as her ship set sail from the United States. She arrived in Tokyo in January 1916. Now, it's one thing to dream a dream. It can be altogether different to live it. Sarah's first years on the mission field were spent in Tokyo learning Japanese and teaching English Bible classes. She learned that that though she felt uh, very prepared in the States, uh, her preparation meant a different thing when she reached the field. She also learned about the religious practices of the Japanese people. One practice especially was saddened.
1: The Buddhists believe that children who die have to expiate their sins in the netherworld by heaping up stones, and sometimes in graveyards, women may be seen piling up stones with feverish energy, very often crying the while. These are mothers who have lost children, and who fancy that they are lightening the burdens of their departed little ones. This is indeed a piteous and touching sight.
2: Sarah's first years in Japan were also hard as she suffered from... Many health problems. Some of these were due to difficulty in acclimatizing to the Japanese weather. Other problems may have come as a result of her very intense pursuit of language skills to the degree that she neglected to get proper rest and nutrition. On a couple of furlough trips home, she required weeks of complete rest to restore her health. One visit included a rest in the mountains of Colorado. Another included a complete physical at the Mayo Clinic. Because of Sarah's health problems, David Lipscomb's wife, Margaret, gave Sarah a hot water bottle and later helped to raise funds so that Sarah could live in a Western style house in Japan. Margaret Lipscomb maintained a lifelong interest in Sarah's work in Japan. But despite these health problems and the difficulty of learning the Japanese language and inserting herself into Japanese culture, Sarah Andrews was instrumental in leading several people to Christ. Among those baptized her first year in Japan was a young girl named Oiki-san. Iki became a lifelong friend and a fellow worker for the cause of Christ in Japan. Sarah gave Iki the title Bible Woman because of her devotion to the work. In 1919, Sarah, along with Iki and her mother, who had also been baptized, Decided to begin work in Okitsu. Here they opened a kindergarten from which they a large Bible school developed. And after a time they solicited, solicited the help of Otto Fujimori, a native Japanese preacher who had been converted in the States in Detroit, Michigan, and then had returned to his native Japan to preach. Fujimori held a meeting at Okitsu and a church was planted. After the work in Okitsu had stabilized, Sarah moved to another location to open a children's school, a Bible school, and to help plant a new congregation. Eventually, Sarah and Iki helped to establish works in Shizuka, Shimeza, Numatsu, in addition to the work in Okitsu. Now, the late 1930s brought another problem to Sarah. War clouds loomed on the horizon in Europe and Asia. The American consulate advised all American citizens to return home. J.M. McCaleb, who had been in Japan since 1892, returned home in the fall of 1941. Despite the advice of McCaleb and pleadings from family, Sarah stayed in Japan. She said,
1: I'm just as near heaven in Japan as in the United States.
2: And as the war drew closer, American assets were frozen and Foreign Postal Service stopped. How did she get by? After the war, Sarah wrote,
1: I sold my furniture piece by piece in order to buy food. All enemy property was held by the finance department as confiscable. Hence, to obtain permission to use any of it required excessive official routine or red tapery. I was required to get permission to sell each piece of furniture, then permission again to use the money. Although the amount I was permitted each month was only a pittance, it was sufficient to pay for my rations because food and all commodities were scarce.
2: At one point in the war, Sarah was interned in a concentration camp because of her refusal to turn over the titles to church property to the Japanese government. Later she was released, but confined to to her home in Shizuka, starvation became a reality. Sarah wrote,
1: I have never experienced hunger until I was caught in the throes of war and famine as an enemy national during this war. My weight reached the low ebb of 75 pounds, and my body became very edematous from malnutrition. In desperation, I boiled leaves from the trees for food, boiled and used water from corn stalks for sugar, used seawater for salt, and, you, and after months of meatless days, I relished grasshoppers for meat, wishing I could have the same dish often.
2: Surviving the starvation, Sarah also had to face the threat of bombings. In an air raid in July of 1945, the little chapel at Suzuka was destroyed. Incredibly, Sarah, sleeping in her house across from the chapel, didn't know anything of the destruction until she awoke the next morning. Then one day the bombing stopped. A neighbor woman told Sarah that they had announced on the radio that the war was over. Weeks passed until the day that three American soldiers arrived in a jeep. One of them asked if she was Sarah Andrews. He explained that he was from Tyler, Texas, where Sarah's sister, Mrs. T.B. Thompson, lived. Not knowing if Sarah had survived the war, her sister had requested that this soldier look for Sarah Andrews if he ever got to Japan. Sarah's condition must have made an impression on the soldiers as they immediately gave her all their rations. They left but soon returned with blankets and a jeep loaded with food. Sarah returned to the States in 1946 for a year's worth of convalescence, but she was determined to go back to Japan, and she shared why she wanted to return.
1: For a century, Japan has been the foremost nation in the Orient. The aspiration that led to the war was to form a greater East Asia, it being the Big Brother, but it failed. This dream was worldly without God. Defeated Japan still has the talent of leadership, however, and we should help it to the point where it can use it for the good up to its neighbors. To give Japan the gospel is the answer to its greatest need and service to others.
2: After a year's recovery in the States, Sarah indeed returned to her work that she had dreamed about in Japan. In addition to her work with the churches and the children's schools, Sarah also obtained permission to open a rest home for Japanese women whose sons and husbands had been killed in the war. The Minister for the Welfare Department in the Shuzuka Prefecture gave his assistance to help make the home a reality. Sarah also invited American Christians to support this home. Sarah Andrews continued teaching Jesus to the Japanese for another 15 years after the war. She died on September 17th, 1962. She was buried in Japan and her fellow Christians placed a large marble marker at her tomb, which told of the woman who went to Japan with a dream for sharing the gospel. And despite the hardships, she trusted in God to make her dream a reality. I think there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from this story of Sarah Andrews. And certainly without a doubt, uh, the inspiration of her story and her survival uh, during the war years is uh, one that makes an impression on us. But uh, there are a whole lot of other things that I think we, uh, as we think about Sarah's life and others that we ought to uh, think about. I believe in a certain way, uh, we we don't talk about missions as much as we used to, or maybe that we once did in an earlier time uh, in our fellowship. And uh, I think we need to get back to more of uh, our talking about missions and preaching about missions and encouraging uh, uh, you know missionaries and uh, having missions reports so that young people uh, can get a dream of what it is to serve Jesus like Sarah had that dream uh, to serve, uh, in Japan, through the, uh, through the visit of J.M.
0: McCaleb. I remember, I remember when we when talked about J.M. And I remember, you know, it, it, when someone has that desire to go and to become a missionary, to preach and to carry the gospel somewhere, you know, far from home, uh, is a high calling. Um, but Sarah's is maybe even more, um, she's not a man, she's not married. She's, um, you know, and, and even too, as you, I've heard you talk about Sarah Andrews before, but, um, this time when we looked through it, I was thinking about, you know, just the nationalistic, you know, you have American and you have Japanese cultures that have clashed in, in the war. And she went through all kinds of suffering, but even after the war, she is dedicating time and effort, uh, to soldiers and people who, who fought in the war. Um, you know, once the, the war was over, the, we were all on the same, uh, side as far as helping people. And, uh, they still needed the same, they had the same needs of getting the gospel. Uh, and she realized that.
2: Yes. And, uh, that's holding on to your dream through a lot of uh, adversity, uh, through war, famine, starvation. And as you said, through the nationalism that was very strong, uh, not only in Japan, but also in our own country as well. And, um, you know, I've heard it as a missionary. Um, I can remember my grandmother. Um, my grandmother, uh, my mother on my, uh, the grandmother on my mother's side of the family was not a member of the church, but she was uh, a denominational Christian lady. But I, I remember when we were talking about going to Japan, I mean to Italy to do our work, uh, she said, What did you lose in Italy that you have to go over and find? And, uh, I didn't lose anything in Italy, but there's a lot of people throughout the world who have lost their souls and are in need of the salvation that Jesus brings. And uh, if we would see ourselves as the means by which that uh, salvation can be brought, then uh, certainly we can encourage more people uh, to have a
0: mind and a heart for missions. Yeah, I'm also yeah, I'm impressed, impressed, with impressed with the um... – just the self-sacrifice um you know she had different things and she took you know it took a long time for her support to come through but even in the the lean times um the sacrifices she went through of selling furniture and things um we you know hold uh possessions so tightly sometimes uh and she just saw these things as um, you know, means to an end of of carrying out God's work and to be a servant and to uh, help people that she saw that were in need. And um, I know I'm convicted of myself of uh, all the luxuries and the things that we have uh, in our world. Um, and there's so many people who forego those things um, when you're talking about. You know, she's eaten locusts and and would long for it. I, you know, John the Baptist comes to my mind and and uh, um, just you know, you see a bug and and it, it don't look appetizing at all. but if you haven't eaten for a while, uh, especially meat, it might look a little bit different.
2: Yes, the the protein for sure would be very important. Uh, and uh, when you're in those kind of conditions, Uh, You don't worry about uh, the etiquette that we might have uh, regarding food. So, Dan, when you think of Sarah Andrews
0: and her contribution to the Restoration Movement, to missionaries, um, just her dedication to the Lord, what are things that you want to make sure people remember about Sarah Andrews?
2: First of all, she understood that though she was a woman, she was still a servant of Jesus and she found a way that she could serve uh, again without trying to uh, change Bible norms or, uh, or to challenge uh, the, the understanding of the Bible. She just saw ways that she could serve and she went and served and was uh, content in that. Uh, That's one thing. A second thing is, uh, I just think uh, the way she persevered in her faith, you know, we talk a lot about uh, the idea of faith being the ability to keep on keeping on. And when you see the example of somebody like Sarah, it helps you to understand faith is not just launching out, but it's the perseverance to continue And to trust in God uh, and God's providence, even when so many things seem to be stacked against you. Um, And the third thing that I would try to gain from Sarah's life is to uh, understand, dream big. Uh, You know, I think you've talked about it sometimes in your ministry with young people about, uh, I remember you recommended that book, Do Hard Things and uh it certainly is one in which uh when we have dreams uh, for christ uh we need to dream big and do the hard things
0: yeah any missionary to me is just um a huge example i guess where people are on their own a lot of times Uh, And they don't have a ton of support, whether it's financially or otherwise, Um, but people who strike out in faith. uh, And there's so many things of I'm sure that she could have turned back at so many different places, Uh, but she just kept going and and having a heart for for people that she saw potential with and knew exactly what they needed. And that was the gospel. Well, Vince, I appreciate you sharing
2: the conversation tonight. Let me also thank uh, your wife, Tiffany. We appreciate you reading the part of Sarah Andrews and uh, helping uh, bring out this feminine uh, side of the Restoration Movement in in a better way by you reading her parts.
1: Thank you for thank having you. me.
0: Be thou my